Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Let's get right to it. We're talking about the vaccine mandate. We're talking about the Supreme Court. The ruling came down, kind of a surprise that it came down on Thursday. Everybody was expecting it to, and then it didn't, and then it did. So we're talking with Luke Wake. He's from Pacific Legal Foundation. They have argued numerous cases before the Supreme Court. They know how the whole thing works. Thank you so much for being here this morning, Luke. Hey, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So when this thing, when this ruling came down, you know, just broad, give us your take on what you saw, was it a good ruling? Was it bad? Because there's two of them here. Let's talk about both of them. Yeah, and, and you know, to be fair, I, I follow the OSHA one a lot more closely, but I you know, have you know, comments on both of them. Uh, so one, you had a, a case about whether or not the Occupational Safety and Health Administration uh, can enforce this vaccine mandate that it was imposing on companies with 100 or more employees. Uh, they're requiring them to either vaccinate or those employees are going to have to undergo weekly COVID-19 testing at their own expense. And of course, uh, very, uh, as very practically concerning to uh, those folks who uh, were, were going to be put to an ultimatum, a Hobson's choice about whether they could continue their employment, uh, you know, to either, you know, accept a medical procedure that they objected to. Uh, and I say that, by the way, as someone who is pro-vaccination, but, you know, the people who uh, the law historically has respected people's bodily autonomy. So this is a big deal when we're talking about a mandate. And, and so the choice was either do that or find tests, and, and which is difficult, and pay for them out of your own pocket on a mm-hmm. weekly basis. So really impactful. And the Supreme Court said, no, OSHA is not a general public health. You know, you know, they don't have a general roving authority to do anything in the name of public health. They're not a public health organization. They are a statute that was created by Congress. They have a, a narrow, a specific mission. It's an important mission, but they're limited to regulating workplace-specific dangers. And so when we're talking about a, a, a virus that exists and you can get it at you know, your kid's soccer game, uh, when you go to church, when you're out and about, wherever, at the grocery store, it's, it's, we're talking about a general public health issue here, not a workplace-specific issue. And so the court said they were reaching beyond the scope of their authority, and they, they, they said that they cannot do that. So good news for uh, you know, folks who wanted to uh, you know, abstain from getting the, the, the vaccine. Um, and, and those companies that were worried about those employees, you know, exiting the workforce in this already tight labor market, you know, they can breathe a sigh of relief. But meanwhile, the other case um, concerned regulations from Health and Human Services uh, through CMS, which required any facility that was accepting Medicaid or Medicare funds from the federal government uh, had to begin enforcing a, a mandate, a vaccination mandate. 
for the employees of those facilities. And here as well is a question about whether or not the agency in question, HHS here, actually have statutory authority to do this. And, you know, as ever, you know, the question, you got to go back and look what the statute says. And they said, well, the statute in this case says that HHS can impose whatever uh, requirements they deem necessary. And so I guess they can do it. You know, it was a 5-4 decision. Uh, now, you had a couple justices saying, look, it shouldn't be interpreted as, as giving this open-ended of authority for them to do that properly construed. Uh, this should, should, shouldn't mean that they can do anything under the sun that they might think is necessary. They're, this should be more limited to, um, you know, basically, you know, the formalities of how they, they handle you know, the Medicaid and Medicare. But that, that view did not win the day. And, and I would argue that there are still some very significant constitutional questions in that case that have not yet been resolved. Because when Cong if Congress really did write a statute that says, well, HHS can do whatever it wants, at that point, I think you've got an agency that is making law, and that's not the way the system works in America. Yeah, Luke, and that's that's really why I wanted to talk to you this morning. We're talking with Luke Wake, Pacific Legal Foundation attorney. So with both of these rulings, OSHA and the, I think it's called the CMS uh, ruling, yeah. they, they've established, at least you'd think they would have established precedent, the OSHA ruling limits the power of those extracurricular agencies from the from the federal government's perspective the uh, the other one seems to expand them so is the, am i reading that right is, is this kind of a a mixed bag as far as outside of these cases what it applies to these alphabet soup organizations <laughs> well yeah and, uh, you know, again we're talking about unelected federal bureaucrats right. making the rules that are hugely consequential for our lives so uh, the scope and extent of the power that has been given to them is a major question. Now, uh, it's, a, it's a very important question. Now, again, it's Congress writes the law in this country, and, and the Supreme Court was emphatic on that point in the OSHA case. They said it's, it's up to Congress to decide the, 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 very, um, the very big questions. Uh, the momentous issues have to be decided there. And, and for that reason, they, they narrowly construed OSHA's authority because they said, when it comes to something this significant, we, we would expect Congress to speak very clearly and, and you know, something that's sensitive. Um, and in this case, of uh, you know, vast economic and social concern, they said, we expect Congress to, to speak very clearly, and they weren't. And that's why they said, you know, OSHA, OSHA just can't do it. Now, you say, well, how does that square with the other decision with CMS and, and, and HHS? Well, you know, again, you're dealing with different statutes. But, um, I, you know, the statutory argument in, in the, that case was always, I think, a, a, a more of a long shot than, than the statutory argument in the OSHA case. I mean, it was uh, there was a, at least a, an argument to be made with a straight face for OSHA that, well, because people are getting sick in the workplace, we can do this. But they were really stretching the language very elastically, and the court took issue with that, whereas in the, the CMS HHS case, well, the statute on its face said that they can do anything they deem necessary, and and so it was a, a you know an uphill battle for the people who were saying, well, that really should be construed uh, you know in, in a more narrow sense. You know, we ran into similar issues when we were challenging the uh, CDC and their eviction moratorium, you know, last year, and and, and, and we we argued well because there you had you know a statute that said, well, CDC can do anything that you know they deem necessary to control contagious disease. And we said, 
that has that cannot be construed as just giving them a blank check to do anything because that would violate this um, constitutional principle that you know, Congress can't give away its lawmaking powers. And we we succeeded in convincing the court to you know narrowly construe CDC's authority. Whereas you know here the HHS case, uh, the court said, well the language speaks for itself and there's no way we can narrowly construe it. So at that point, uh, the courts are going to really have to going forward confront, I, I think, the thorny constitutional question about whether or not this actually violates the doctrine that you cannot give away Congress's lawmaking power. Yeah, Luke Wake on the phone with a Pacific Legal Foundation attorney. So w- when you talk about the case of the CDC, especially you said you guys argued that case, um, we're talking about the same principles at play here with OSHA and with HHS is how far can an agency go without Congress. And it seems like we're getting a bit of a mixed bag, although for the most part, like you said with CDC, the Supreme Court said, no, you can't do that. That's outside your scope. And with OSHA, the same thing. But with HHS and with CMS, it seems as if we got about a minute here. It seems as if they're saying as long as it's using money, you can attach whatever you want to that money. So if the government's spending money on it, is it saying, well, now going forward, the government can tell you whatever it wants as long as it's the one spending the money. Well, apparently, with you know Medicaid and Medicare regulation, they they have you know open-ended authority to impose whatever restrictions and conditions they want. But I will say, this is a a problem that you know even setting aside what HHS and CMS are doing. There's a lot of statutes out there that give very open-ended authorities to agencies that have a, a power to you know, regulate our lives in very significant ways. And we're going to continue in our work to advocate for courts taking the approach like they did in the OSHA case, where they will narrowly construe those statutes. And if they refuse to do that, they say, well, we have to read this as, as, as giving very open-ended authority because that's the words Congress chose. Well, at that point, we're really going to press hard to get the Supreme Court to put teeth in this this idea that you, Congress cannot delegate away its lawmaking power. Yeah. We're just going to keep chipping away at that. Luke, just real quick before we go, overall, your opinion, is it a, was Thursday a good day? Was it, was it good for constitutional law in the United States? You know, I, I actually think it was good uh, because, I, I, for one, I think the OSHA case was a bigger deal across industry lines. And, and what the court said about expecting Congress to speak very clearly when you, you can't just take general language and twist it. Uh, to get to whatever ends you want. I think that's a very good thing, you know, notwithstanding the CMS decision. I, I think Thursday uh, was, a, was a good day for liberty. Good. Good to hear. And thank you so much for your time on Wiggins America this morning. Again, Luke Wake, he's from the Pacific Legal Foundation, doing great work, arguing cases all over the place, especially at the Supreme Court. Appreciate your time this morning. Hey, thank you so much. Bye. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto 
Parts. <laughs>